Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this here program, delighted to have you with me. I need to discuss a difficult topic for some. None of you, you'll all be fine with it. But I know the text message as I will get from some in the media. Guess what? NBC News out of San Francisco is now reporting that Rutro body cam video shows Paul Pelosi opened the door for the police despite the Department of Justice saying otherwise. That's right. Police body cam video captured the attack and the moments leading up to it. And they contradict a detail of the Department of Justice's account of what happened that evening. Despite the contradiction over who opened the door, the basic facts of the remain. 42-year-old David DePappy, an illegal alien, is accused of breaking into the Pelosi home and attacking 82-year-old Paul Pelosi with a hammer. According to court documents, DePappy was there looking for Nancy Pelosi. In recent days, the Department of Justice and the San Francisco DA have outlined different accounts of what happened. And it appears actually that Paul Pelosi did open the door. You know, an NBC News reporter on the Today Show got suspended for his report that essentially confirmed details that are now we know to be true. And all this came out after the election. Hey, you know what else has come out now? Listen to this. This came out after the election. Investigators see ego, not money, as Trump's motive on his classified documents. That's right. They don't believe that Trump was trying to sell the documents at Mar-a-Lago to the Russians, as some on the left speculated, that it was just his ego to hold on to materials as trophies or mementos. And by the way, it turns out there was not much there, though classified. There were no things like nuclear codes and people and, and things like that that people speculated on. The documents, though they were classified, they just weren't massively like damaging things. One described Iran's missile program. Others included uh, sensitive intelligence working at China, which they didn't want to fall into the wrong hands, but they didn't have, for example, the nuclear codes or methods and sources of intelligence information like some had speculated that could be up for sale. All of that has come out now after the election. Do you really believe it is a coincidence? And you know the common thread here. It's not actually the media. The common thread here is the Department of Justice. Prior to the election, the Justice Department assured us that Paul Pelosi was attacked and had not opened the door to his home, and a reporter for NBC was suspended for saying that he was in contradiction to what the Department of Justice had said. 
Prior to the election, the Department of Justice speculated that Donald Trump was up to nefarious ends and means with these documents in his home, and they could be highly classified things like the nuclear codes and sources and methods of human intelligence up for sale or some such. The Department of Justice is the common thread on all of these things. They played it for political reasons, and the media bought it hook, line, and sinker. And you will notice now After the election, it's safe to tell the truth, and the media is not pointing out they were misled by the Department of Justice in the run-up to the election for partisan purposes. This very much goes back to the Twitter story. The National Press Corps is upset that the hoi polloi can get blue checks. They're upset that they can't get Twitter to censor you. They are upset that they can't get Twitter to punish you or silence you for calling boys boys, even though the boys define themselves as girls. They are upset that you can tell a contrary story to the media. You know, I mean, think of all the stuff over COVID that has changed now. There were a number of people who said the vaccine wasn't going to stop COVID and they got their accounts turned off on Twitter. And it turns out, actually... Turns out they were right. The media doesn't like it when they can't control things because they've moved from just telling us the truth to trying to shape a narrative to benefit one side. They've been in a bubble. They are in a bubble. Much of that bubble is with the left. There are really good reporters out there. I happen to be friends with and am a fan of Jake Tapper on CNN. We do not always agree. But I do think he tries his best to be as fair as possible, and he's willing to call BS on the Democrats. And whether I agree with him or not on some things, the fact that Jake Tapper is one of the few people in the mainstream media willing to vocally and aggressively hold Democrats to account matters greatly to me. We need more people like that. I like Brent Baer on Fox tremendously. I think he does the same thing. John King at CNN, I, I think is great. Steve Kornacki at NBC is a data guy. He looks at the data, and what the data tells him is what he goes with. If the data's wrong, he's wrong, but he tends to be pretty good at having a BS detector. I appreciate people like that who are willing to call BS on all sides. I try to hear even though I am a conservative, even though I'm a partisan, I was a one-time elected Republican, I try to call BS on my own side and hold my side accountable. And the reason I do it is because my job is not to carry water for anybody. It's to tell you what's actually going on in the world and to tell you what I then think about those things that are going on in the world. Give you the who, what, where, when, why, and how, and then tell you what I think about it. It's not to be a cheerleader for the GOP. You can go to plenty of other places and get the GOP talking points. I know people who get on calls on a weekly basis with the Republicans in Washington. What should I be telling people? I have never had a single call with anyone in Washington and asked them, what should I be telling people on my radio show? I like to think for myself and allow you to think for yourselves as well. But there are way too many people now in the media who are too friendly with people in the Democratic Party who buy the Democratic line far more easily than they buy the Republican line. And they resent like hell that you and I can point out things that contradict their preferred narrative. 
and it is too, too convenient too often to see key details withheld or repackaged, and then after an election come out and say, oh, our bad, we got it wrong, sorry. There are conspiracy theories growing in this nation. There are more and more people who want to believe the conspiracy theorists because the conspiracy theorists come across as more credible than the media. And frankly, I got to admit, there have been a number of things that have come out and been branded conspiracy theories that later turn out to be true, particularly when it comes to coverage of COVID and COVID information. I'm disappointed in my own side for sometimes gravitating too quickly to things like, for example, the current conspiracy theory is that the American government paid money to Ukraine, who then ran it through FTX to give campaign donations to the Democrats to keep the money flowing. Maybe we'll find out that's true. That's a bridge too far for me. Uh, that's coming from the same people who have been trying to undermine our support of Ukraine the entire time. A lot of pro-Russian propagandists out there peddling this stuff, but I know friends who believe it. I, I got friends who fully believe that Ukraine was money laundering through FTX to award Democrats part of your tax dollars in order to keep more money flow to Ukraine. Maybe that'll turn out to be true. See, this is part of the problem here is that that doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like a fever dream of, of pro-Russia people on Twitter that's been uh, bought by about a lot of people on the right who don't like the war in large part because it's Biden's war, not Trump's war. If Trump was doing it, they'd be fine with it. The problem here is how do I know? Because in six months, when it no longer hurts the Democrats, the media can now come out and say, actually, you know, it turns out that's what was going on. It's happened a lot. You can't deny it's been happening a lot. Today's conspiracy is tomorrow's encyclopedia fact. As I toss my pin in the air. And that's part of the problem we have in this country right now. Is where do you go for the truth? I don't always get it right. And I try to correct myself when I get it wrong. Sometimes I get yelled at because I've gotten it right and other people think I've got it wrong or they think I should have just added this one key detail. But I try to get the facts right because it's important that you be able to think for yourself instead of me thinking for you. And part of that is just an unwillingness to carry water for a political side. I've got an ideology. I'm a conservative. There are a lot of people out there who, for some reason, don't think I'm a conservative just because I'm not a big Trump fan. My conservatism really hasn't changed. And there are some people who brand themselves conservative today and they want big government and big government intervention, and I never have. It's one reason I like, for example, Americans for Prosperity. They haven't gone wobbly when other conservative groups have got a neighbor who tells me I'm a moderate, that he's the conservative, and, and the only differentiation is, is he's the big Trump guy, thinks the election was stolen. I just, I'm not going to change and I'm not going to carry water. And the part of the problem is that so much of the media seems like that's what they're willing to do these days. They've decided they want to pick winners and losers. They've decided they have a team that they're rooting for. So I appreciate reporters, again, like Jake Tapper, like John King at CNN or Brett Baer or Steve Kornacki. They're, they're just telling us what the news is, telling us what the data is. I may disagree with them, 
I certainly think some reporters out there, I think very highly of, definitely do like one side than the other, but they're aware of their biases and they try, try to have an even keel. And I don't think they always get it right, but I'm willing to praise them and say, you know, it's nice to see someone who will call out the other side instead of just taking it all to the Republicans. Try to be an equal opportunity offender. I think you got to you you got to be willing to call out your own side. If you're not willing to call out your own side, your own side eventually not only takes advantage of you, but thinks your own side can take advantage of everybody else. And at some point, the voters hold them accountable. Back in 2006, I was trying to tell Republicans they had gotten kind of corrupt. There were a number of them who were being carted off to jail, and I started saying. Uh, you know, President Bush at the time, you should really come out on the campaign trail forcefully against some of these guys. You should say, better to have an honest Democrat than a corrupt Republican. Of course, nobody wanted to listen to me. And you know what the voters did? They cleaned up the Republicans by putting them out to pasture and putting Nancy Pelosi in the speaker's chair for the first time. You got to be able to call out your own side. Unfortunately, too many members of the American press have picked a team. They've picked a side, and it's not my side, it's the left. And so they tell us these stories, and they buy hook, line, and sinker, a Department of Justice narrative they would have never bought. If the DOJ were Republican, they would have never bought it. But because it was a Democrat, they were willing to buy it. And now after the election is over, they're like, it's time to tell you the truth, guys. The details we missed out on. Turns out all those things in Mar-a-Lago weren't that big a deal, and Trump wasn't trying to sell it like people were speculating about. It was just his ego. Oh, and Paul Pelosi opened the door. Now we can tell you, since the election's over, this is why so many people are believing the conspiracy theorists and not believing the mainstream media. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country, fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington. That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. It's an open line Friday. I will take your calls. Be patient with me, though, please. we got folks on the line. I want to talk to all of you. Um, i got to do an ad here in just a minute, and, and I actually want to talk about something real quick. Um, if you were listening to me on, when was it, Tuesday? Yeah, it was Tuesday. I was trying to, and, and she knows, so it doesn't matter. I mean, she didn't listen to the show anyway, but uh, my 17-year-old is a Taylor Swift fan. She has been a Taylor Swift fan since she was little, and Taylor Swift was singing country. Um, she loves Taylor Swift and I have, I grew up, never went to a concert unless you like count the opera or a Vienna boys choir growing up in Dubai. My very first music concert that you would consider a concert was taking my daughter to her first Taylor Swift concert. I've since taken her to, uh, another one and to an Adele concert. And then some dude at the Roxy, uh, I've been trying to go see Judah and the lion twice. They've come through Atlanta. I really love that band and have not been able to, and, and, Wanted to go see Pearl Jam, and that one fell through. But I'll move heaven and earth to take my kid to a concert. And she wanted Taylor Swift 
tickets for Christmas. So I sat online for eight plus hours on Tuesday and Ticketmaster, it was a disaster. I was able to get two tickets. Many people couldn't. Uh, they did a, for like the diehard fans of which my kid is, she orders a bunch of stuff from Taylor Swift. You got a kind of uh, early access. If you've been to prior tours, you got even earlier access. And they had a special code to put in and, and people were trying to get into it who weren't invited into it. Ticketmaster kept crashing. And as a result, they've had to cancel the general sale of tickets today because people were able to get into the system and uh, buy up a bunch of extra tickets that they weren't supposed to. So Swift has issued a statement, uh, and good for her in this. Her statement says, it goes without saying, I'm extremely protective of my fans. We've been doing this for decades together. And over the years, I've bought so many elements of my, brought so many elements of my career in-house. I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience by doing it myself with my team who care as much about my fans as I do. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. She said there were a multitude of reasons people had such a hard time trying to get tickets and is trying to figure out a way to improve what happened. She says, I'm not going to make excuses for anyone because we asked them multiple times that they could handle this type of demand and we were assured they could. It's truly amazing that 2.4 million people got tickets, but it really hacks me off that a lot of them feel like they went through several bear attacks to get there. Um, you know, she is probably the most fan-friendly artist, which is why she can develop relationships with people. There's something to be said for um, building those loyal relationships. It gives you room to be able to agree to disagree with people and not have them turn away. And she's done a very good job of that. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, Ticketmaster really, really screwed it up. I mean, badly screwed this up. And now you can find tickets for like $80,000 on StubHub, which price most of her fans out of being able to see her, which is unfortunate. Whether you like her or not, she's very good at fan service, and I appreciate somebody taking that much time and effort to try to make things right with her fans. Hello there. I hope you're ready for the weekend. It's Eric Erickson here. It's an open line Friday. I'm happy to take your phone calls at 877-973-7425. A, a word, please. First, first, I, I, I gotta, I gotta say something. This is actually important. It is a lesson. I have people who hate listen, and most of them, I don't actually see their emails because I'm dirty little secret is I'm not actually on that email list where most people send the hate mail. Uh, Charlie and Philip get a great kick out of it, uh, but some people do find my personal email address and they send me hate mail. And some of it is is rather vulgar, nasty, crass, crude, rude email. A lot of it is trying to get a, a rise out of me. A lot of most of it goes to spam. Um, so if I'm checking stuff and happen to stumble across it, I might look and see it and, and get a chuckle out of someone wasting their time. I just this is a public service announcement from me to you. I am not a well ick day if you can do the pig Latin. So I wouldn't do this to you. But I recommend you not send hate mail to people like you're sending to me from your company email address. 
because there are some people out there who can be a bit of an eight day and pass it on to your employer and say, your employees are calling me a POS and telling me to F off from your company email address. And that doesn't tend to go over well with management. So as we head into a rough environment where layoffs are beginning to happen at major companies and people are going to be struggling for jobs around the holiday season even, you should not send hate mail to people cussing them out from your company email account, Michael, and others. Again, I'm not the sort of guy who's going to pass it along to your HR and complain. It comes with the territory of being on the radio, but I know people who would, and so for your own sake, Get a Gmail account. Now, we will go to phone calls. There are, well, wait, I'm sorry, there's breaking news and it just hit the wire. I've got the story pulled up. I promise, 877-973-7425. This actually is breaking news. It is happening right now. Attorney General Merrick Garland, the Wall Street Journal, has just hit the wires with the story, is going to appoint a special counsel to determine whether former President Donald Trump should face charges stemming from Justice Department probes, according to a person familiar with the matter. A formal announcement is expected this afternoon. It will come three days after Mr. Trump announced another bid for the presidency and would mark the naming of the third independent prosecutor in five years to examine issues involving Mr. Trump. The exact scope of the special counsel's remit and who would who it would be couldn't be determined. This is breaking news. That's right. Here you go. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is going to appoint a special counsel to determine whether Donald Trump would should be charged with any crimes three days after his announcement. There are people out there who insist the man must face justice and be buried under a jail. I personally think this is dumb and a bad idea. All it will do is make Republicans surround him, and I suspect that's part of the plan. If you recall, when the Mar-a-Lago raid happened, a whole lot of Republicans circled the wagon and said, oh, we are absolutely going to nominate this SOB again. We're going to do it. We're going to give them a middle finger. This is what we're going to do. I suspect the same thing is happening here. He's announced his run for the presidency, and so Merrick Garland wants you to know they're thinking of indicting him to drive up his poll numbers because they are scared to death of Ron DeSantis, and they know something like this can get Republicans to circle the wagons, rally the troops, and stand by their man. If they ignore him, he goes away, but they won't ignore him, and they justify, well, justice must be served. Yes, sometimes justice means letting things go. Otherwise, you risk other problems. But you can't tell them that because they are dogmatic. It is heretical to think otherwise. And they will burn it all down to stick that man in prison where they're never going to put him. Stupid to do this. It is all to elevate him among Republicans and hurt DeSantis. Now, your phone calls on that chipper note. Let's go to the phones. Daniel, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I was just taking a nap waiting for you to pick up my call. but Oh, yeah. <laughs> I picked it up. Um, and Nancy Pelosi needs to quit leaving town because when she does, her husband gets hammered every time. So. <laughs> hey, now, I'm not supposed to laugh at that. I'll get canceled. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, she just needs her to get home, but I can understand. Um, do you think that uh, being that she said, okay, I'm not going to run for 
minority leaders. Uh, in 2024, she's like, well, I'm just not going to run at all. Uh, that's one of my things. And the two is Republicans have control of the House going into the next term. Democrats have control of the Senate. Um, I know your call screener, Charlie, said, yeah, you need 67 votes to uh, to be able to, uh, I guess, throw the president out of office. Um well, what's the point? I mean, they didn't weren't they weren't able to do that with uh, President Trump, but I guess they just want to leave a stain on um, Mr. Biden. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, this this is it's a tit for tat, and in fact, I just got an email from a listener saying I I think Merrick Garland is doing the special counsel against Trump because the House Republicans are going after Joe Biden. Um, it, it's one way or the other, it's a tit for tat. As for Pelosi, listen, um, I, I disagree with the woman. Don't care for the woman. I think the media swooning over her is ridiculous. Listen to this montage. This is like watching you know, a great performer on the stage or a great athlete uh, making a big decision about the next chapter. She is a, uh, a beacon of democracy, not only here in, in our country, but around the world. It's so interesting to me that she voluntarily gave up power. Leave it to a woman to do that. What has made Nancy Pelosi truly great and her tenure so consequential is what she's accomplished. There's just a body of work, a substantive agenda that she either delivered or she blocked. That speech today by Nancy Pelosi was so incredible. And I love that quote of, that you love, that I love, about you have to be able to take a punch, you have to be able to give a punch, but it's for the children. Let's not discount just the amazing tenacity <laughs> and awesomeness. Good Lord. I mean, no Republican would ever get this level of flattering coverage. Never, ever would a Republican do it unless it was to betray the Republicans, like Liz Cheney. There, there, there's, there's no other way. 877-973-7425 is the number. Susan, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, one quick comment before I ask you my question. I think uh, Garland is also being kind of, he's stooping to real pettiness in that, you know, Trump basically kept him off the Supremes, and and I think that that he's going to hold a grudge about that forever. Oh, absolutely. Um, but getting back to Republicans, uh, if they really were smart, uh, what they would do is if they wanted to, they should, they really need to look at China because that's our our enemy that's bigger than the Bidens. And, and if they looked at, say, China and what China is doing in terms of uh, ports around the world and also a biggie that people tend to not, not remember is they're buying up the mineral rights to rare minerals that are very valuable. And, for example, there's a, a cobalt mine in the Congo that they bought a couple of years ago, and one of the facilitators, and if they if they looked into those, they would catch in the wide net a lot of American companies and people involved in these kind of deals. And this cobalt mine in, in the Congo, um, from what I understand, is that um, a company with that uh, of Hunter Biden facilitated this sale. So she probably got a big fat commission on it. And, and, you know, that's a way, instead of directly going to, after the Bidens, they catch them in, in the backwash of all these deals while we're looking at China, which puts a much better face on 
hey, we're looking at China because everybody knows they're trying to, you know, dominate the world. Yeah, look, uh, if if you're investigating China and you stumble into ties with the Bidens trading out America for China, that I think that's a much bigger story, and it's one that the public relates to more than, oh, well, they're all corrupt in Washington, D.C. That's a better angle to pursue it, and we do need to pursue China. There needs to be an investigation into the Chinese. There needs to be an investigation into them going around the world. They now control the access points of the Panama Canal. They now control the vast array of mining facilities in the in the world for rare earth minerals needed for electronics. Uh, they control most of the world's production of antibiotics. There's got to be an investigation. There is breaking news happening at this moment. Uh, Democratic Adam Frisch has just announced he has called Congresswoman Lauren Boebert of Colorado and conceded in the Colorado 3rd Congressional District. She leads by 551 votes after all votes were counted. She had a 1,200-some-odd vote array. They found uh, enough votes for him in a uh, one area of the, of the uh, district that it brought her down to 551 votes. But uh, though there will be an automatic recount now, because of the margin, uh, Adam Frisch says he does believe that she has won. He has no intention of bitterly clinging to the claims that he won and has conceded to Lauren Boebert. Good for him. Good for him and good for Congresswoman Boebert. Um, I got to tell you, I actually like Lauren Boebert a lot. Um, I, I know you're not supposed to say this. It's kind of weird to me the things you're not supposed to say. I, I kind of take the view that most things should be said if I believe them to be true. There are things I know you can't say, the crazy conspiracy theories and stuff. But sometimes you say you like someone and, and it just makes people mad. Like when I tell uh, conservatives I'm a friend with Donna Brazil, they're like, oh, I can't trust you anymore. got to change the channel. I've known her for years since I was at CNN. She, she's become a dear friend, even if we disagree on politics. I like Lauren Boebert a ton, the congresswoman from Colorado. And I have friends of mine who have Trump derangement syndrome. They're like, I can't believe you like this woman. How disgusting. Actually, I think the world of her. I think she says what she believes. I don't think she is doing it um, just for performance like some of her colleagues in the House. I think she believes it. She has values and convictions. And perhaps after a very close race like this, she will say she needs to uh, engage in those convictions in different ways from what she did and focus on constituent service and really grow the trust of the people in her district. But I like her tremendously. Uh, she has been on the show. She's a friend of the show. Her staff listened to the program. Um, and, and I just, I think that she is a, a kind-hearted soul who means very well. She provokes liberals. Uh, sometimes she goes out of her way to troll them in very funny ways. And there are a lot of people who think that's just a terrible thing to do. And to some degree, I think there were people in her district who thought, I, if you'd just be our congresswoman, we'd vote for you. But this, this trying to own the left stuff doesn't work for us. Maybe she'll rethink that. But I just think she's a good, kind-hearted soul, a reliable vote for conservatives, and she actually wants to put points on the board for my side. Uh, and every time I have talked to her on the program and off the program, I just enjoy my visit with her. She's got a great sense of humor as well. I am delighted that she has won, even if by 551 votes, a win is a win. And Lauren Boebert has won in Colorado. The left will now cry. 
You know, I mentioned AFP earlier, uh, putting points on the board for people. Uh, it's one of the reasons I like them. You know, they really, they help conservatives during the Tea Party movement. They were really teaching conservatives how to do Tea Party rallies, so much so that uh, there are people on the left who to this day believe that the organic Tea Party movement was a Charles Koch uh, David and Charles Koch, Cochtopus-funded operation that wasn't really grassroots, even though it was. They just wanted to help the grassroots get better at what they were doing. And uh, I just, I kind of fell in love with the organization then. So now I'm kind of delighted to be on their advisory panel and a, a fellow for AFP and to have them advertising on the program. What they do is they take conservative activists and make them better. Uh, you want to learn how to do good door knocking, how to target uh, votes, how to count votes, how to make persuasive cases to local governments, to your county officials or your state government to push them in a conservative direction. They're just fantastic uh, they do such a good job, and they have chapters near you. Instead of being a think tank in Washington that just passes around white papers, they're a do, th do tank. They go into local communities and help you do the work conservative activists need to do to put points on the board. And you can be a member if you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Uh, that lets them know you're coming through from me. I get credit for it, but they want to grow their relationship with the conservative grassroots. If you believe in free markets and free people and you want to be a better, more effective conservative activist, there's no better place to go today than americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hi there. Welcome, America. It is the Eric Erickson Show across the nation, brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. The phone number is 877-973-7425. And if you want to go to First Liberty, their website, firstlibertyga.com, they can help you wherever you are, but they fund businesses, not individuals. If you are a business that's growing, buying or building a building or growing a franchise, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. All right, uh, I'm going to go to a caller, Bob. And Bob, before I come to you, I need you to read, I need to read to you what my call screener, I'm sorry, <clears throat> former call screener put up here. <laughs> Bob, here is your one compliment of the year. Merry Christmas, LOL. It's from my call screener, former call screener, as of five seconds ago. Bob, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. <laughs> Hey, Eric. How are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, in need of a new call screener, too. <laughs> well, it, you know, yeah, he kind of hemmed and hawed on me. I was wondering if he was going to put me through or not. But I was going to say, I've been listening to you for a while, and I, I, I don't agree with everything. Obviously, no one does that you say. But I find that you are very honest. You present information and try to, in a unbiased manner of the subject you're discussing and you and you support it with facts and documentation and when you're wrong about something you admit it and you correct well, it hey listen I, i'm not perfect and and there are some times that i'm i'm wrong about stuff and don't realize it and, and somebody's got to call me out on it and i'll correct it but look i appreciate it i actually do bob um i try not to 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 BS with people and just tell them what they want to hear. And it's it's one of my frustrations with a lot of conservative media right now, in all honesty, uh, that people just want to be told what they want to hear, whether it's true or not. And it gets amplified until you believe it's true and, and you can get misled. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a 
great Thanksgiving. Uh, let, let me give you my theory of the case here, so to speak. You know, I've heard you've heard theory of the election. Let me, let me give you my theory here. A lot of the major companies out there right now that run radio think it's dying. A lot of the major companies that run radio stations in America think radio is dying. And a lot of those companies are run by progressives who don't care for conservative talk radio. And essentially, I think a lot of them are doing one of two things. They're either giving conservative talk enough rope to hang itself, or they're not interested in finding hosts who can grow it and bring in a younger audience. And they're trying to nickel and dime uh, the oldest listeners in the audience who are fading and dying away. Uh, the demo that radio cares about is 25 to 54. And the moment you turn 55, despite your earnings power and spending power, radio doesn't care about you anymore. And a lot of conservative talk radio shows uh, are older and older. My audience has happened to have gotten younger. My theory of talk radio is this. Uh, I should tell you what's going on in the world without the spin, whether you agree with it or not, give you the presentation of facts, and then I can tell you what I think about it and, and help you make up your mind without thinking for you. And in doing that and covering the latest news and the breaking news that you can't wait for in a podcast, I can grow talk radio. And thus far, it's working the way I'm doing it. Uh, but too many people are too interested in doing bad impressions of Rush Limbaugh and hanging on to the past instead of trying to grow a product they've given up on. I have not given up on radio and don't intend to.